This is the Bare Naked Christianity Podcast, where we're stripping off religious layers and laying down our masks. Join us on this movement to get back to what matters, loving God and loving people. We're bearing all today here on Bare Naked Christianity, and now, here are your hosts, Meg, Ted, and Josh. And we're back for episode three of Bare Naked Christianity. And this week, as promised from last week, we are talking about parenting. Yes, but to be specific, we are talking about raising the coronial generation. They haven't even been born yet. Raising the coronials. No, it's the ones right now that are in the thick of it. Our kids, man. Our kids are coronials. Our kids They're are living it. I'm trying to desensitize my children to the coronavirus. And every time they sneeze or blow their nose, I tell them they have it. <laughs> Wait, do you call it coronavirus? Because here we just are calling it the corona. Work, I, uh, yes, I call it the corona. I just call it corona in yeah, general. You've got the corona. My seven-year-old twins are kind of running around screaming that at the top of their lungs in the yard. So we might get a visit from the CDC. Should, I don't know. I mean, should we sing the song, I, Corona? Oh, I have my. been singing the song, My Corona, like, like My Sharona, over and over and over again. <laughs> yes. Kids yes. aren't big fans of that either. No. Dad, <laughs> shut up. Uh, no, the, if you tell your parent to shut up, that invokes what we're going to talk about later. Oh, oh, I can't wait to hear about I it. I don't want to spoil it now, though. It's too good. <laughs> but in reality, all parenting comes down to is don't raise jerks. That's yep. true. A-holes, or as we call them in my house, a-holes. A-holes. Are we yeah, allowed I mean, to say a-holes on this, on, on here? I mean, as long as you don't add the S. Well, you know, that might come. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how I feel. I mean, it is true, though, because you're raising a little person that's going to become a big person. So someday your children should be, hopefully will be contributing members of society. And so you want them to be not a-holes, not jerks. Yeah. I mean, that's a, this podcast is called Bare Naked Christianity, but in all reality, Christian or non-Christian home don't raise a-holes. Right. It doesn't really, I mean, you can, obviously everyone's got their own religious beliefs, but you can take that out of it and boil it down to raising like a good human being, a kind, compassionate, normal, good human being. So don't raise a Ted. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I always marvel at how bad parents must be when I take, when I'm, you know, go to the kids' doctor's appointments. Uh, we took the kids to the walk-in the other night and the nurse at the walk-in clinic asked the kids... You know, and it's just a question the doctors, at at least in my state, they ask, ask the kids at every appointment, do you feel safe at home with mom and dad? Oh, I can't wait for this answer. Oh, well, what Eli said flat out is no. Like, <laughs> and I mean, he's six and he just like, you could just tell, he's like, yep, this is what I'm going to say. And he's like, no. And we're like, Eli, you can't say that. Like, she's asking you seriously. Well, I don't feel safe. <laughs> and it's just like, oh man. And luckily she could tell that he was messing around and, you know, she didn't turn us into child protective services, but this yeah, time you know. but i marvel at at, at their, their actual doctor at how often he tells like he he asks questions and then he you know he'll go through and then he'll start praising us for like when we give him the right answer he will praise us for it like we're a puppy that he's trying to reward and <laughs> it, it's crazy but to have for them to be doing that gives you a little bit of insight into the horrors that they must see with children just being parented terribly by their parents and, and i mean he said as much that that's you know it is it's crazy to see how you know to see the things that he ends up having to see in that doctor's office and the neglect and just the these people don't realize that this is the most important task that they will ever be given in their entire life and they're not even trying they're barely even phoning it in they're just you know the kid is just some wart that tags along with them so that's yeah, that's I, my I rant i see it every day working in the public school system it's the same thing you know I, I had a little girl in my class and it's every day without a coat. I mean, in the middle of winter, it's 22 degrees when you walk to the bus stop every day without a coat. And at first I was like, where's your coat? You need to wear a coat. And then I get the scoop on her story and she's getting herself, third grader, eight-year-old, getting herself and her first grade little sister up by themselves and getting them off to school. So it's like, there's this divide between parents who are, you know, trying their best, maybe not always saying the right thing, but doing their best. And then the other ones like that you said, that's just, it's this little thing that tags along and 
they don't put anything into it and it's going to affect our society, you know, in the future that those are the kids, the good and the bad that are going to be taking over. I mean, you see it as a children's pastor too. Um, first two years in vocational ministry, that's what I was alongside my wife. And you see it there. You see kids, you see the difference between the parents who, who give a crap and the parents who don't. And the parents who give a crap, you know, their kids end up being more successful. And that's where all of the ties come into as far as, you know, with schooling, low poverty areas, those schools have way more behavior problems. And that's, there's a tie in between the way a kid performs and what their parent is doing. Definitely. So hopefully we're not screwing up too bad. <laughs> hopefully we're not raising a-holes. I, I don't know. I've had a lot of fails in my day, <laughs> parenting fails in my day. Um, probably the biggest one that comes to mind is, so I'm like super type A organized, everything's on a schedule and I don't know how I missed the picture day paper that came home from school. <laughs> so you guys have school aged children, right? Yep. Uh, and it's like the biggest day of the year, like at least for daughters. And that was like the one day I was not having it. It's like, just pick your, just find an outfit. They had sweatpants, non-matching t-shirts, like hair in this haphazard ponytail. <laughs> and um, my oldest daughter, who was, I think, nine at the time, comes home absolutely mortified. Mom, today was picture day. I was <laughs> like, what? The, and the, the twins, they didn't care. They're in pre-K. And they're just like, that smiled pretty. And sure enough, I got them pictures a couple weeks later. And it was the kind that you pre-order too. So I had spent like 60 bucks on these trash pictures. I mean, not trash. They're beautiful inside and out. But be honest, yeah. they were. that's another one that my kids say is hot <laughs> trash. They call things publicly hot trash. So it's okay. It's okay to be honest. They were awful. Those pictures were so bad. Their hair was sticking up everywhere. And I felt terrible. I missed <laughs> picture day. It's not supposed to happen. I, I got one better. So uh, my oldest daughter is deaf and has cochlear implants and so they're they run on batteries and we we don't have the kind that have rechargeable batteries we have the kind that have disposable ones and so um meg was with us we all went to the dc zoo for the day i remember this day (laughs) (laughs) and um nora's ears start blinking really fast the color orange which means the batteries are dead and you know, we're all like, we're changing the batteries. Like, no, 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 they can't be dead. They can't be dead. And everybody's kind of looking at Wit and I, and they're going, what's going on? We're like, Nora's batteries are dead, and we don't have backups. Like, Mind we, you, this was one hour into like an eight-hour excursion to the zoo. Yeah. And so we didn't have backups, and we always have backup batteries. <laughs> like, that's just what you do when your kid is deaf and does cochlear implants. You always have backup batteries. And Not we just, today. <laughs> we just didn't that day. And um, and so it was really cool because uh, that day specifically, we just, we looked up real quick. We knew some of them, but we looked up real quick, like what the sign for panda was. I know and, how to sign hippopotamus. <laughs> what the sign for hippopotamus was and all the different animals that we were going to be seeing. And like we were, we were, and Nora knows them. And so we were teaching everybody else them and, and so we're like, there's a hippopotamus, there's a panda. And um, it was just, it was a fun day because we were signing and we don't, as a family, don't normally get to do that because Nora can hear fully. But at the same time, it was a parenting fail because our child with special needs who already has a disability was even more disabled that day because, you know, she's, she's six years old. She, it's not her responsibility to go, Hey dad, remember the batteries? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> it's well, and I remember too, like you wouldn't let go of her. Like oh. she either had to ride in the stroller or on your shoulders. And I was just like, man, give yourself a break, you know, put her down, let her walk. And, and it didn't take long. Like you call her name and nope, nothing. She's just gone. She's yeah. walking. She, she's she's gone. in her own little world. <laughs> she takes off. She wants to go see something. And she doesn't realize that nobody else is around her until she turns around and goes, where is everybody? We're all yelling her name and she can't, can't hear us. Do you have any parenting fails, Ted? Mine all revolve around my kids parroting terrible things that, uh, that I say overall, cause I, I curse and I curse a lot and I had actually <laughs> curbed it for a while, but then we had an issue with our homeschool group 
And uh, so I decided I didn't want my kids to be snowflake pansies like some of the other people that we were running around. And so I kind of told my wife, I was like, listen, you know, I don't want my kid to, to be so offended and astonished at the things that come out of people's mouths that they couldn't handle it, that it could actually throw them for a loop. I mean, if someone, you know, I know people that if they hear someone say the F-bomb, they don't know what to do. Like, you know, that's like, like that's half the, the, of my circle. Yeah. You know, it, so it's like, yep. I, I can't fathom that. I can't fathom being put in a situation where someone could just use words and those words could ruin your day, whether it be from the religious side of it or in this homeschool group, it was the opposite. It was the, it was like, you know, these were atheists and, you know, Christian bashers and things like that, that were getting butthurt over words that people said. So I started purposely using inappropriate words, just not, not trying to be a jerk, but just in normal, I started talking like I normally talk and didn't filter myself as much. And then that led to the, to the first time that Eli said the F word when he was like three and <laughs> the, the, the parenting fail part of that beyond the fact that my kid hears me say something and then repeats it. And I'm just mortified that he said it and a little bit <laughs> amused at the same time because he didn't just say it. He said the F word plural. He put an S on the end of it because we and, used and it properly. Kind, well, no, not at no? all. Like, no, it was just he. We at, we kind of were like, ah, you don't know what the F word is. So me and my wife actually kind of tried to quiz him because we thought he was lying. He's like, I know what the F word is. We're like, no, you don't. What is it? Thinking he was going to say something cute like feathers or fart or something like that. Nope. He, he came said right out with it. F U C K S. He said it plural. <laughs> Plural. Plural. I don't, I don't even know where plural. that comes from. Well, he's yeah. got lots of them to give, apparently. <laughs> so apparently I need to teach him some lessons on how to properly use that word someday. But yeah, I, I try to make sure my kids are culturally hip. And there is apparently a fine line, you know, as you're trying to navigate that between, you know, making them culturally hip and uh, not making them a-holes, but putting, putting thing, having them say things that if other people heard may take it out of context and think that I was raising a couple of ingrates or a-holes that's true what are you doing now josh is messing with the camera yep now we gotta cut that out no, i was trying don't. to see that's one that we get to keep everyone gets to hear our playful banter today speaking of playful banter all right so we're doing parenting tips later in the the podcast but i'm gonna throw one out now first and that is hide all the scissors in your house <laughs> when you have young children hide all the scissors in your house yes um, what's the age what, what is the age that you can stop hiding the 18 scissors in your house? <laughs> 18 i was gonna say seven 18 I, my youngest twins just turned seven and i feel like we're finally okay with having scissors out we have scissors that can only cut paper well that's good because i was all right so do, do kids do this to you too so when moms go to the bathroom that's like the moment that the kids need everything oh yeah like so i'm like literally sitting on the toilet and it's mommy 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 knocking and then it's like frantic frantic mommy knocking and so i you know i reach up and i like crack open the door and i just see this clump of hair <laughs> fall through the door and i'm like first i'm like okay is it the dog no it's not the right shade of hair what happened so i pull the door open the rest of the way and there stands my three-year-old one of the twins that had just chopped like a huge piece of hair off of her head. And she was super pleased with herself about it too. Like super happy. Look what I did. I cut my hair. And um, I was on the toilet, so I couldn't do a whole lot about it at the moment, uh, except cry. Um, do you coax her? Do you be like, it, come, come here, come you, towards oh, mommy oh, yeah. slowly. Yeah, I'm like, give me the scissors, give, give me the scissors. <laughs> um, but that wasn't even the worst part. So like we, I did the whole talk, you know, like scissors are for paper, whatever. Well, not even like, I don't know, two weeks later, my then six-year-old, my older daughter at the time, she chopped her hair, but she was old enough to know, oh crap, this is going to be bad. And she literally had taken her hair from the front of her head straight up and chopped it off. And she came down the stairs and she had the scissors in one hand, the hair in the other, and she just burst into tears. Like I couldn't even punish her because she was hyperventilating, sobbing, knowing what she just did was wrong. And she's now 10. And that piece of hair is like finally grown out long enough to be in a ponytail. So wonderful. Is that why she always had short hair? Yes. On that front 
part of her head right there because she lifted her hair up and chopped it off and I couldn't get it back into a ponytail. Well, no, I, I've always, I never asked you, but I've always wondered why the because, twins had such long hair. and Because for four years, we've been trying to match her hair to that chopped off little piece on the top of her head. <laughs> oh. My kids have been using scissors since they were like three. Did they cut but- their hair? Nope, they haven't. Bonnie comes from a very artsy. Her mom was a crafter and was like a home ec teacher at one point and um, then owned like a craft store. And then she was like a traveling gypsy selling um, crafts at fairs and things like that for years. So Bonnie got roped into manufacturing, you know, made in America, met Bonnie paint, Bonnie paste, base painted all that stuff. And by the end of it, she was painting the, all the weird folk art wood crap. But um, yeah, so like our house has always been big on crafting. So like my kids, have been walking around with sharp, full-size scissors, you know, the proper way in their hands since they were like two. And I'm just, it made me so terribly nervous. And, you know, it was one of those deals where you want to let your kids do some dangerous things here and there, but you kind of want to pick and choose what makes you comfortable. And I'm not around. So when I see my kids doing some of the dangerous crap they're doing, it freaks me out. And Bonnie's just like, oh, no, they got this. Watch. And uh, she's the one that acts more like the male in that sort of like the, like you would expect the male to act in that situation where you're trying to get the kids to risk risk their lives so they can be cool and well adjusted someday and I'm the one not wanting them to do anything. You're like that too Josh though. I see you when the baby goes up and down the stairs. Like she's oh, two. She's been doing stairs for quite some time and you're like somebody get her. Somebody grab her. She can't do I it. it. I hate Me it. Too. Me too. <laughs> Absolutely hate I I get nervous when Tenny the 4-year-old goes down steps and she's been going down stairs well, for Well she three goes years. a thousand miles per hour yeah but and then you know you have nora who sits in a but were you here that night i don't know when nora decided i'm gonna sit in the bin and ride down the oh, stairs yes. she got in a plastic bin and yeah. just took off like a toboggan down this, the basement like, and the crazy thing is i did that stupid stuff and i'm sitting here as a parent going no i don't think i've ever seen you move that fast i caught my <laughs> kids. out of that chair i caught my kids before they went down the stairs and on the cardboard they were going to go down the stairs with like cardboard sleds <laughs> into the basement and smash their heads into the like the entertainment stand that sits below, right at like, the bottom the, of the, the steps, screen right? yeah yeah <laughs> well back to hair though so my kid Ted, same thing. My kids, my Whitney's very crafty. Um, they've used scissors since pretty much the day they could hold them. And so Whitney was gone for a weekend, and I had to work. And so I'm watching all. It was just Tenny and Nora. I'm watching the two kids and working, and watching the two kids and working. And Were you watching? Not really, because I was working. <laughs> but you know, they. I had a phone call to make, and so I knew they were loud. So I went. And I shut my bedroom door and then I shut the master bathroom door and then I shut my closet door because I figure three shut doors. Oh, good grief. You know, it would at least be quiet. (laughs) We call that a buffer. (laughs) (laughs) It was too quiet. And so I'm on the phone with a client early Saturday morning and I come out and Nora has herself sitting in their bathroom sink with scissors and she's giving herself a pixie cut because she wanted to look like tinkerbell (laughs) it's not that she didn't she knew like she didn't know how to use scissors like she literally said tinkerbell daddy she knew what she was doing she knew what she was doing every second every second and then she cut too close like at one point and she had just gotten her cochlear implants like six months earlier so like she had two bald spots because (laughs) you know because of where they had put the magnets and um and so like now i call whitney i'm like i don't know what to do and she's like we have to make her an appointment on monday at the hair place and it was nora's first haircut <laughs> we had never she taken her to get a haircut fix the mess. <laughs> which yeah was can you fix this and they basically had to give her a straight pixie cut and for four years that's how she wore her hair which worked for her though it did she's got the face that works and now she's growing it out which i think is a little i think it looks weird now hide the scissors <laughs> but i liked her hair short um but she's growing it out and she likes it but so maybe it was kind of a win it was a fail i was, was fail. i was i was on the phone with a client while my kid was giving herself a tinkerbell haircut three closed doors <laughs> 
Mine, Ted, come on. Like I said, mine are all still like uh, I, I'm looking at the screen here. I sent you the screenshot from my phone because I, I say to my wife, I was like, you know, hey, what are some of our parenting fails? And we couldn't think of anything, anything offhand. So I went into my Facebook page, searched hashtag parenting fails. That's how I found a couple of these <laughs> posts because every once in a while when they say something dumb. All right. All right. You, you sent it to us and the people listening don't know that this yet. But can, Meg wants to know. She asked when we were reading it, what is a boob dress? A uh, boob dress is, I was telling a story, like, you know, there's, like, Bonnie had a roommate, and uh, me and the roommate didn't get along. I mean, she's a wonderful person, you know, and it was just young Ted was kind of an a-hole, and I was so, wild. So and Ted's parents didn't do a good job? Ted's, Ted's parents failed. Nah, you know, they, they did a good job, but I, I kind of got a little wild for a while. And when he you're mutated. Yeah, and I was a perfectly young, fine gentleman when I was sober, but when I was liquored up and crazy, I wasn't quite so nice, so me and her roommate used to have it out every once in a while. And I ended up developing this habit of taking the odd or funny things that she would say to that I thought were funny. And I've carried them with me for like 20 years. So I don't remember the context, but that was something she said once when she was going out on a date with somebody that she was going to wear a boob dress. And I just remember thinking that was infinitely hilarious. And I still say that. So I never <laughs> think Olive, I was watching some show the other day and the woman in the show was talking about how she had all these like superpowers, like she could hear things in another room really well and all this stuff. Olive has that superpower. We will think <laughs> we're whispering in the kitchen and there is no way that Olive can hear us. And then Olive will just, hey, what are you talking about? And then she'll start parroting the things that we're saying. So that was one of them, the boob dress. I, like, you know, I say to Bonnie something about, oh yeah, I bet you she's going to wear a boob dress. And Olive says, what's a boob dress? And how old is Olive? Now she's eight. This, all, this little post that I'd sent to Josh to screenshot of that goes through a bunch of parenting fails. This was, I think, in 2015. So she was young. You know, between three <laughs> and five, most of these things happened. Uh, the one I think this was from was I came upstairs from working and Olive is running around in the kitchen in a bikini in the middle of the winter, uh, yelling, singing over and over again. If you like it, then you better put a ring on it. <laughs> and she, she couldn't have been three or four at the time um yeah I have, a, so. I have a similar i actually have it on video of my oldest daughter who was three at the time drinking a mcdonald's milkshake and shaking her butt and saying my milkshake brings all the boys oh. to the yard but so that i'm not alone and that you guys are totally that, not alone but that you know that my wife has contributed to their delinquency a little bit oh uh, i don't her, believe it her shtick and what was it in there it was um oh olive looking out the door and or looking out the front window and saying hey mommy where'd the neighbor's scumbag dog go? <laughs> and I mean, she was four. She was four looking back at her mom and thinking that's normal. Hey, where'd the neighbor's scumbag dog go? But, but then when it pans out and it's cool, like we were buying a new car here like a month or two ago and we were at the bank having to do like the final paperwork and they have this huge TV tablet with like an Android tablet on the wall that's like a 50 inch screen. So the kids were playing like weird games on this huge tablet on the wall, this huge touch screen. So eventually they get bored and they wander back into this little glass enclosure that we're in. And uh, the girl says to Eli, she's like, oh, you're, you're done playing the game, buddy? And he goes, yeah, that, I'm not going to play that hot trash game anymore. <laughs> and, you know, you could be mortified if your kid says that or, in pro you know, you, if you have any spine whatsoever, you'll realize that was kind of funny. And uh, the girl just, just busted out laughing, thought it was the cutest thing because this is a little five or six year old little boy just saying i'm not playing that hot trash game anymore <laughs> that, <laughs> i feel like that's something tenny would say completely Hopefully. and that's when it becomes a win <laughs> mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. when you're proud of them for coming up with those little things yep yeah and, I, and it depends on the company you know and that was that that proved to be a true. good time to say it. i try to teach them there's a time and a place for everything but that's the difficult thing to get across to a six and an eight year old is to know when to there's times where i think it's funny where they give me back my 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 stuff but when they're they're not under like every once in a while i'll say something smart alec to them and and they'll look at me like, hey you need to shut up and it's like yeah. all right i'm not gonna punish you for that because you were just trying to give me a zinger but yeah no you'd never tell your parents to shut up that's always a always a bad thing yeah, and you don't tell your teacher this is a hot trash assignment yeah like, there, i mean there's a time and a place you, you could if you're ted's kids <laughs> yes <laughs> they're homeschooled um you know, have you guys ever seen those videos on like YouTube and stuff and Facebook where like the dad saves the day because like he grabs the kid from falling off the couch while oh, he's like sleeping yes. or not paying attention? Are we moving on to parenting wins now? Well, you just, you segue there. That's right, yes. Because Ted was proud as 
Sutton called it a hot trash hot game. Hot trash game. Um, so my biggest parenting win. <laughs> Popping the beers. Talking about the kids. <laughs> my biggest parenting win comes from we were at an ice hockey game. And Tenny was like, I don't know, one, two. And she was trying to crawl down the bleachers. And she missed a couple of them. And I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, like, I heard everybody behind me screaming. Because I was sitting on the front bleacher. And all of a sudden, I reached behind me. And I don't know how it happened, but I reached behind me and just picked Tenny up by the back of the (laughs) shirt. And everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you just did that. You with the no look, just the one arm no look, reached behind you. I see this. I see this theme developing, Josh, where the theme for me is that my kids say terrible things. And the theme for you is you're not paying attention. Oh, I think that's about right. (laughs) You know what, though? I'm doing work for you half the time. Hey, don't put that on me. (laughs) Don't put that bad juju on me. My my best parenting win is very recent. So um, I'm a dance mom. I feel like I should have theme music when I say that. Uh, I never wanted to be a dance mom, mind you. I wanted to be a sports mom. I wanted to be like the annoying mom on the side of the football field screaming at, you know, our kids. Well, you didn't have boys, so. Exactly. Yes. So uh, I am instead bedazzling and making costumes for recital. Who's bedazzling and making costumes for recital? Me. All me. You might have helped a little bit. Wow. So the dance teacher had this grand idea that we're going to do a Disney princess dance. And, you know, so she's handing out all these princesses. You're going to be Elsa and you're going to be Rapunzel. And my daughter got Moana. It's cool. But then instead of like buying the costumes that look like the princesses, she hands us all plain white three-piece costumes. A white top, a white pair of shorts, and a white skirt. And she says to the moms, turn it into the princess so like you guys both talked about your wives being crafty and painting and doing things meg's not that is not me i am like can i buy it is it for sale somewhere i will pay someone else to do it um but no uh, super awesome mom win story i bought the dye i bought the fabric markers we heated it up we put it in it was, she said we my, me and my mom and you, you helped. It was half a disaster because it turned out the wrong color and then we had to re-dye it. But like, I have this kick butt looks just like Moana it does. costume for my daughter to wear in the recital. And I really can't believe that you won't give me any credit. I mean, I did all the work. I really can't believe that Josh is wanting credit for bedazzling things. Right? I didn't bedazzle anything. For being a dance mom. You make a great dance mom, Josh. I'm a dance dad. You are. That's right. Tenny's a dancer. Yep. You are going to be dying in bedazzling costumes one day. Well, exactly. It's going to happen. If you're lucky. (laughs) All right. Wins. Ted, you've got to have some wins, not just fails, right? No, most of of mine are fails. Uh, They're fails. Uh, Sadly, you know what? one One of the things I'm the most proud of is teaching my children how to fake um, enjoyment at presents that they don't like. Oh, that's, that's a win. Know, that's a well, life skill. I have no skill. If I open up a present that I do not like, I wear it on my face. I cannot pretend that I enjoy this hot trash gift that you gave me. <laughs> to see where the hot, we, we just keep I saying see. hot I'm trash. I'm making the connection. I, I feel like we should just name this episode the hot trash parents. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's about that's about right. But uh yeah, no, like just I think that I don't really look at it as I look at everything as kind of a win and a loss for me for the most part because like we already said, I don't have boundaries. I have a hard time I have a hard time not just being me all of the time and then my kids are going to kind of do that. So there's always going to be moments where it's just like, "Oh, yeah, look at that's my boy." And then there's going to be other moments where it's like, oh, crap, that's, that's not my kid. You know, and, and but typically, typically when we're saying that, they, that there's good things that they did, that comes from their mother. And when there's bad things that they did, it comes from me. But um, I think that if I'm going to get sat, like, soppy and say like a real good parenting when I had one tonight, my Ooh. son, uh, I, think, I forget what he did. If he slapped his sister, not hard, but like whacked her or he scratched her or Wait, something like that. this is a win? Oh, we're getting there. We're getting it becomes there. a win. So. Okay. As I'm as my, you know, we punished him, no electronic death penalty or anything like that. But the punishment actually my wife gave him was she gave olive candy and he didn't get any. So 
a lot of times people talk about the rod. The rod doesn't always need to be beating your kid. Sometimes the rod is giving big sister three Rolos and not giving the, the boy any. And then, and then anger kicks in. He goes to his room he, and he, he kind of throws conniption fits a little bit more. And that's where the electronic death penalty kind of came in. It was, it was there to curb the conniption fits. I'm talking about it as if we've already talked about it and we haven't yet. We'll get there. So we'll, we'll get, get there. there. But um, so we, we were in there afterwards because it's like, okay, now you're punished. Now we're going to try to welcome you back to the clan because banishment from the clan is how you, how you punish a kid. And then welcome, wel- welcoming them back into the clan is how they know that they can kind of make up for their mistakes and, and feel good again after making one. So we're in there talking to him and he, he has a, a, a tendency to want to punish himself a little bit and he's not like beating himself or anything but he he tends he scratches anyway he's got bad skin so he's constantly scratching and it kind of when he gets really angry nervously he'll scratch to the Goes point where sometimes a little more yeah a little bit more so he was saying he wanted just bonnie was saying stop scratching yourself he's like i want to scratch myself to punish myself and i said to him do do strong people scratch themselves and he said he says no i said do well-adjusted people scratch themselves no i was like do you want to be strong and well-adjusted it's like, yeah. yes. I was like, all right, then, then we don't scratch ourselves. And it, like in the moment, it was just funny because my wife's sitting here and I'm, as he's looking down at the ground, I'm looking at her. I'm going, hey, hey. Like I'm like giving that. myself credit for that. Like in the moment that I'm saying it, you know, so those are, the, those are the moments for me because she does so much of the stuff and I'm so absent working as we talked about in the last uh, episode. Uh, when I do get to step in and, and be dad and step in and save her from a kid that's, you know, kind of, getting a little bit too uppity with mom those moments make me feel feel good as well but every once in a while I do get it right in the middle of getting it wrong all the time but I think that my getting it right are in the the key moments and my getting it wrong is kind of okay hopefully my getting it wrong makes some cool kids someday and it's in those moments too where it's like something clicks like when you're talking to your kid and like you see it click with them and it came from you and you just have this moment so I know like for me um I had to have the sex talk I don't know if any of you have kids who are old enough to have had that yet. Uh, but I had the sex talk with my daughter when she was eight uh, and she initiated it. She, we were actually standing in line at Starbucks and she goes, mom, when are you going to really tell me where babies come from? And I like <laughs> almost dropped my drink. It's like, we'll wait till we get home. And sure enough, like she crawled up on the bed next to me and we like laid next to each other. And I went through it from beginning to end of how everything happens and like fully expecting her to just collapse into fits of giggles and be uncomfortable. And it wasn't like she asked good questions. She asked, well, what about, you know, kids who have two dads, where did they come from? And we were able to talk about things like adoption and well, what about, you know, what about if you aren't married? How, where do those kids come? Like we just had great, not just biological conversation, but like societal conversation and, it was one of those moments where like I was dreading it up until that point. Like parents are like, Oh my God, the sex talk. I don't want to go there. And then just laying beside her and talking it out and answering her questions and like telling her over and over again, now you can talk about this with mommy anytime you want, but we don't tell our friends. We don't cause my kid's a talker. And sure enough, like the next day at school, I get all these text messages from other moms. Like, why is Carly telling my kid about, and I was like, sorry, I'm sorry. Um, but it was really good. It was a win because it was one of those conversations that could have gone really poorly and yeah. it just didn't. It went really well. My my second biggest win is I'm a guy, you know, guys don't do hair unless you're me. I do my <laughs> hair all the time. Um, you do primp. You I do. do. Yeah. I, I'm high maintenance. A little bit. <laughs> um, but you know, Wit, Wit's got her own business and she does, she was doing a, uh, a vendor event where she was trying to sell some dresses and the kids wanted to go see mommy. And, you know, you can't just let them walk out of the house looking like hooligans. I mean, it's you. <clears throat> if you're not paying attention, that could happen. I mean, <laughs> I do pay attention guys. All right. <laughs> just a couple of times, <laughs> but, um, so you can't let them walk out of the house and Nora has short hair. So her hair is easy to do. And Dosh, you can just throw up in a ponytail, but Tenny has super long hair. And so I could just throw up in a ponytail and I went to do that. And she's like, no daddy, I want an Anna braid. <laughs> and I'm like, 
what? She's like, I want Anna braids. And I'm like, daddy can't do two braids. How about we go for an Elsa braid? And she's like, okay, daddy, I can do an Elsa braid. And so 45 minutes, 45 minutes later, we had what resembled a... That term's used loosely. I mean, good job, buddy. But I saw the braid. It was... My second attempt was better. It was okay. My second attempt was way better. Kudos to you for being a dad that does hair. But I still tried. You did. I, I brushed hair. I did think of a really good parenting win there for you myself. Go. And I, actually, it's going to be weird telling the stories. My wife's going to be like, oh, you should not have told that story. Ooh, I can't but uh, Josh it, already knows that. Josh knows most of these. But we had a kid, one of our kids, we had these people we were palling around with, and they had two <laughs> kids. And, I know uh, where he's going. The older of the two kids was, he didn't have direction and he kind of acted like an animal at times. And he, he's a, a, a decent kid, I think, but he wasn't getting, he wasn't gelling with my kids. You know what I mean? And he, they were feeling a little bulldozed by him and everything was, let's do this. So over time, the parents weren't noticing and we didn't want to butt in and say anything. So we were just trying to arm our kids with things to do. Like, hey, say, maybe try saying this to them and try that. So this went on for like two months, us trying to coach our kids through these interactions to try to help them figure out how to get through it. In the end, it started to kind of get a little more, more and more physical to the point where Bonnie's doesn't know what to do. And you got me just telling the kids, you know what you do if he puts his hands on you, you punch him in the face. <laughs> and so this, I'm telling them this for a while, you know, this is going like another month goes by and I'm like, they're crying. They're literally to the point where they're crying. They're like, Hey, we don't even want to be around this dude. It's like, come on, you know, suck it up kids. You got to go out there and be out in the world with people you don't want to be with all the time. So they're at a function and the kid is doing the things that he's not supposed to do right off the bat. And after the parents had talked and everything like that, it was, you know, supposed to be handled and it wasn't. So uh, at one point the kid gets mad at Eli because the kid wants to steal the chalkboard from the girls. And Eli was told you always stick up for your sister. So he tells him, no, I'm not going to do this. I, the girls were here first. We're not going to take the chalk from them. And the kid starts roughing roughing him up and bonnie's watching this and she's like okay hold on i'm not going to do anything but you know the kid's three years older than eli is and a lot bigger bonnie says she sees the rage well up in eli eli grabs this kid by the throat and then <laughs> runs him back like four feet and slams him into a wall oh so that was God. confrontation number one later there's that day more? yes yeah, later more. that day it doesn't get any better now this kid's probably a little bit mad and, and eli's trying to avoid him but he can't so at some point the kid gets mad at eli again starts roughing Eli up and Olive sees it. And Ooh, what does it, Olive, oh, she runs up beside this kid and punches him square in the side <laughs> of the head. Hits him right in the side of the face. Kid starts crying. And, yes. um, and, and you know, I feel bad because Bonnie, who is a pacifist, she told Olive when you're like, cause Olive feels terrible. Like she just got in a fight with someone. She knows that's absolutely unacceptable and wrong. So by the time they get out to the car, she's thinking she's in trouble. And when they get in the car, Bonnie tells her, like, you're not in trouble. Like, you know, maybe it could have gone better, but you did what your stupid father told you to do. <laughs> and you did protect your brother. And this is what we want you to do is be a team like that, blah, blah, blah. So we didn't, she didn't get in trouble for it, but she thought that she was going to. But I, I was actually proud of my children that day for, because, you know, when we were kids, I never got bullied badly. I always, I had a, a bully when I was a little, real little kid that kind of taught me how to navigate that world before I was four you know, I learned how to navigate the world of bullies. So by the time I got into school, I was good at staying away from it. But if I wish my parents had armed me with the crap to say and do in the situations where you're getting roughed up and beat up, because a half of being a kid is not knowing what to do in the situation that you're, you're put in. So whether it be, hey, I'm at a party, I don't want to drink, you know, like if you want your kid to not drink at a party, give them an easy cop out and give them something to say when that kid walks up to him and says, hey, you want a beer? Some when I was tools. a kid, I certainly wanted that beer. But, you know, the kid in, that, in the spot, he can't, they can't think on the spot. Their frontal cortexes haven't gone online yet. So give the kid, tell the kid what to say. Tell them, oh, I got practice tomorrow. I can. Or, oh, no, man, I can't. My mom's going to be there. They will choke me if they smell out. There's a lot of ways to get out of doing something you don't want to do. But like that, there's a lot of ways to coach your kids into how to deal with situations. And I wish I had that because maybe we would have beat you know, maybe we would have gang beat our bullies 
you know, 20 of us would have got together and beat that kid up, Kenny Longo, that punched poor Ben Langton in the face when we were in, in middle <laughs> now school. We're, watch, they're going to listen to this Throwing podcast. Throwing out names. Yeah. They'll be like, host, is that you? Hey, he, he punched poor Ben Langton in the face for no reason. I watched the whole thing. Like before his, like his fist no sooner left that kid's face and that kid had like a huge goose egg popped off his forehead. It scarred me for life and it wasn't even me who got hit. Man. <laughs> Unfortunately though, we live, I feel like in a generation where parents don't arm their kids, they just swoop in and save them. They just yep. swoop in and want to pull them out of any situation where they might feel uncomfortable or yeah. they might feel angry or sad instead of, like you said, arming them with tools that they can lean on and go to, to get themselves out of situations. Yep. And that we're just the coronials, man, when they grow up are just going to go to work and be like, what? My boss is mad at me. What do I do? I see. I think the opposite. I think our kids are going to be like, man, when we were kids, we got stuck in our houses for three months and we couldn't do anything. <laughs> like, I mean, all they got right now is like, you know, today we went out and we were chalk writing in chalk on the road. So my whole family, here's another parenting fail probably for me. Uh, my whole family is out writing, uh, drawing pictures in the road, like up, uplifting scenes where Bonnie and the kids drew the globe. What do you got a bug on the wall or something? Oh, looking at the notes, man. Oh, Bonnie and the, the kids are drawing like globes and they're, they're, they're writing like hippie sayings, like Beatles songs in a circle around the globe in the middle of the road. And I just write in big letters, we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> so like we're well, watching neighbors walk by and they're all walking by and looking at like all these beautiful things that my kids and my wife drew and then me writing, we're all going to die in the corner. In this time, like in the coronavirus era of 2020 you know it's so important to talk about everything with your kids especially explaining hey this is why we're stuck in the house this is why we you know can't go out this is why we can't go to nana's or pops or you know it's so important to talk about stuff and not sugarcoating it I, and i really attribute going back to my parenting wins the the fact that i had such a good conversation with my daughter about sex about an uncomfortable topic for a child was because from very early on i have talked to my kids I talk about everything. I mean, even when they're too little to understand, oh, you know, we're going to the grocery store. Mommy's going to pick out this. And like, I just, I just talk. I just tell them every day what we're doing, what's going on. And if you have that open line of communication back and forth with your kids already, Carly is the one who comes to me and she's like, mom, I, I want to show you this text message that I got. It was really inappropriate from a boy at school. Like a lot of kids would hide that, but, and you know, not to toot my own horn, but having early and often conversation with your kids means that when the conversations are harder, they're more likely to be open with you and to talk with you about those things. Yeah. You know, um, for everybody out there, parenting with kids, parenting a kid with special needs, it goes even more into that. Um, Cause you're not just talking to your kids. You're, you're having to show and, and do other stuff too from an early age. I remember, and this is a parenting fail and it's just terrible. Um, you know, I wasn't involved in my daughter's IEP meetings, probably the first three or four of them because I was working and, you know, it was finally a conversation between my wife and I that said, where she's like, you need, you need to be there. You need to be a voice for Nora. You need to, you have to advocate for her. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm doing it, but She's like, I need you to be there with me. And, you know, and that came from a place of where when you start going to those IEP meetings, now you're having conversations with your kid about, okay, this is what's going to happen. This is where things are going to go. You know, this is what you're going to be getting from school. This is what we need to work out at home. And, you know, the hard conversations of you're going to get pulled out of class. Yeah you're not going to be with your friends all the time. I mean, she misses, you know, you work in the school district and you've texted me a few times and gone, Nora's not out. At the yeah, Nora's not at recess. What's, what's up. And, and uh, you know, because Nora's getting speech therapy or occupational therapy or physical, you know, something, some sort of service and she's missing part of recess for it because, you know, of, of being pulled out. And so, they're tough conversations. What do you mean I'm going to miss recess? What do you mean, you know, I'm not going to be able to be with my friends all day. Those are hard conversations because they don't necessarily understand. It's not as difficult as the sex talk, but for, you'll get there. <laughs> but for a parent, 
of a kid with special needs, you know, those conversations are equally difficult. Yeah. One thing, one difficult thing I try to teach my kids is the world doesn't give a crap about you. And I mean, they're young to hear that. And I don't say it with, with as as serious, as, you know, as serious, I just sound as I just sounded, but yeah, like too many kids don't understand that. And at a young age, you need to understand that. Like, you know, you have, they, they can't feel entitled and they have to understand it in order to have the world and the clan help you. You need to act like a human. You need to participate. You need to be respectful. You need to, when in Rome, you need to understand the concept of when in Rome, like you need to know the people that you can be around that you can yeah. say these things to, you need to, to, to a degree, be able to, they need to be chameleons so that they can kind of look at the world around them, shape it and, and turn it into something that they can work with. And, you know, too, enough, too many people, too few people do that where they teach the kids that listen the world doesn't care about you you know you need to take care of yourself you need to kind of own everything and if oh this boy was mean to me in school don't put it on the boy you know stay away from that boy you know in the future or something like that you can't you know it's it's one of those weird things that like you said parents are always just trying to save the kids from everything it's like instead of trying to teach them how to handle these situations and arming them with the skills necessary to do so it's just too easy to come in and swoop in be mad at the teacher, be mad at, at the kid who was mean to them, as opposed to just saying, listen, sometimes kids, people are going to be jerks. You just need to learn to deal with it. And, you know, this is on you to, to handle moving forward. Not everybody had as awesome parents as you do. Well, no, I, like I, I was, I was the product of a divorced household. Mine was lucky. You know how they say more talking about your kids. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of your kids. So we've, uh, we've referenced it a couple times. But tell us about electronics death row. Okay. I don't spank my kids uh, often, I should say. Like my, our whole shtick was, was going into it. Hey, man, we're going we're gonna to use the other tactics available. I never had a problem with people who did spank their kids because to pretend there's not utility in spanking your kids is, is, is stupid. But we decided, hey, we're going to try to use these other methods. And with my daughter, that went incredibly well, surprisingly, because she's just, you know, has a lot of her mother in her. And her mother, like when Bonnie was a kid, Bonnie, when Bonnie's parents would leave her alone for long periods of time. And when she was a kid, her main concern while home alone for two weeks was, how am I going to get to church and youth group? My mom <laughs> left me home alone once, once all of my teen years because she knew she couldn't. And I, we had a rager and we wrecked the house. And Never made we, that mistake again. <laughs> we were running around the house in our underwear and a foot of snow and crap oh like that. Gosh. I mean, things got wild. Now, so, now wait, hold on, hold on. Never mind. That's inappropriate. Keep going. Okay. So with my kids, like, you know, the whole shtick being with Olive, we got off easy. Every, you know, everything worked. We're like, oh man, what great parents we are. These tactics worked wonderfully. This kid is well-adjusted. She gets along with people. She's sweet. And then we have my son and we do the same things and we are failing miserably. <laughs> like he was just a completely different animal legitimately because we all are, you know, at our core, just animals. So with him, we realized we kind of had to change the tactics up a little bit. And, you know, it all kind of, you have these periods where you, their lives are easy. Like we live in a very cushy world and everything's sure. easy. And my kids are lucky to be where they are and they're lucky to have the situation they have. So we have to do things here and there to make their lives more difficult. Well, they every once in a while will fall into the spazzing out when they get in trouble. All kids have tantrums, but I just like more than anything in the world, I despise tantrums in the real world. You can't throw a tantrum. And our whole parenting philosophy is when we're going to, we're going to punish our kids. We're going to punish them in the same manner that the world would punish them. So it's like, Oh, you're a jerk today. You're not going to get slapped, but you are going to have all your favorite crap taken away, you know, for X amount of time and everything. And it would usually be two days, three days. There was a time when Olive was little where we cleaned her room out of everything. And she had her room was just bare with no toys in it for like a week. But uh, as they got older and they, they, they go through periods where they're really well behaved, you get a little soft and then some attitude starts creeping in. So my daughter decided to have a freak out when she got in trouble. And it happens a lot where she gets mad that she gets punished because her brother did something to anger her. So he did something wrong that he was getting in trouble for, but her reaction to it got her in trouble afterwards. She didn't understand the whole sports philosophy of sometimes it's the person who retaliates that's that the one that the gets flag. caught. Yep. Yeah. So we're kind of going through that. So she's in her room mad that she had, that we were even remotely upset at her for it. So when I went into her room, she starts yelling at the top of her lungs like a lunatic and <laughs> is telling me to leave her room. So like at this point, 
I'm an animal and I just want to walk up to her and I just want to wring her little neck, but I have self-control. So I didn't do that, obviously. So <laughs> I go out in the thing and I was like, you know, and I'm, I'm really angry. I probably said a couple of F words and I told my wife tablet gone for a week. And my wife's like, Ooh, like, you know, cause we, we we're on the same page. So she doesn't care if I say something, even if she disagrees, she'd be like, Ooh, that's a little harsh. Don't you think? And she'll see if that I'm willing, you know, see if I'm willing to give up on it. And if I'm not, that's, that's what goes down. Uh, what one of us says is law, and then we'll only have the dispute behind closed doors to try to figure out if that was too harsh or not. United front. Yes. So I came, when, I, when I went to tell Olive, though, about her losing her tablet for a week, I was a little bit giddy and angry, and I just started like kind of like popping off like, like, you're getting the electronic death penalty. What? You know, like, <laughs> I got a little gangster, and I got a little <laughs> too excited, but that's just what came out, that we just started calling it the electronics <laughs> death penalty. And, um, and now we can just threaten the electronics death penalty. And it, Eli hasn't even gotten it yet because he was so scared at how it looked when Olive got it because she was so sad about realizing that anything that had a battery held a charge, had to be plugged in, was gone to her. She, I mean, and they're good about this anyway because they read a ton of books and they color and they do all that stuff. But they do also get their tablet time and they love it because that's like their reward for doing all of the good things that they're supposed to do throughout the day. So that has, it has been wonderful. And we've only had to institute it, I think once or twice, actually, since we put it in. And now we just say, do you like, you know, you grit your teeth. Do you want the electronic death penalty? And they'd be like, no, no, I'm I sorry. Cannot, I'm sorry. I, wait. I cannot wait to institute this with my kids. I know. I'm so going to do it. My 10 year old, my, my 10 year old is drama, drama, drama. Like it, it could go, it could backfire. It could escalate the situation to like, biblical proportions but and it has to be a week it has to be oh like scorched earth totally. crap it has to be a week because otherwise it's just you know we could we take their tablets away for a day like every other day like every other day they're losing <laughs> they their electronics <laughs> treats treats are the new one they will get really upset when we take any level of treats away from them too like my whole shtick is i want the punishment to pretty much equal uh, a spanking in terms of right. how upset they get at the end of it and, and honestly going this route they get way more upset like I remember getting spanked like a couple of times. My parents didn't spank me a whole lot. Maybe they should have a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but uh, I remember a couple of times. Me. I just remember being able to phone, like game it and be like, oh, you're just trying to swap my bottom until I act sorry. So they'd swap me once and I'd be like, oh, I'm so sad. I'd just fake cry for him. And then I was off to the races. My brother, on the other hand, he had a nervous laugh problem. So when <laughs> they would start spanking him, he would start laughing and then, you know, you know, that's the last thing you want to do when you're a kid in the eighties and nineties is laugh at your parent while they're spanking you. Uh, that uh, was, that was me. My mom actually walked around the house with a wooden spoon in her back pocket for me. And I was the one that I would get swat and I would look over my shoulder with this like sly grin and say, didn't hurt. Yeah, oh, that, that, was, <laughs> that was me. One time I actually put books in my underpants because I was like, yeah, you want to hurt me? Ain't gonna happen. Oh my goodness. I I'm I so mean, old. obviously they, they realized there was books in my underpants before they spanked me, but yeah. <laughs> I'm so old, I was still going to school when it was okay for teachers to lay hands on kids. Oh man. Yeah. I, Meg's almost that old. I am not. I'm not <laughs> I've seen a teacher grab a kid, carry a kid out of a classroom by the hair, and then kind of toss him up against a wall. And that was totally acceptable. Okay, I do, I I do remember Knuckles getting smacked with a ruler by the principal. I do remember that. Catholic yeah, that school, didn't happen that when I was in school. No, that was like regular city public schools. Yeah. He wasn't the principal the following year, so maybe that wasn't okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I just, I, my biggest tip, I guess, if I had to leave a parenting tip for anybody would be that um, you're going to feel like a failure. Like, we've talked wins tonight. We've talked, you know, parenting fails tonight. But you you're going to feel like a failure a lot, but keep in mind the big picture. Like the one moment that comes to mind was um, all of my daughter's friends were going on their, their first snowboarding trip. And we have a really great group of parents that, you know, we take turns and one mom will take them to Six Flags and one mom will take them, you know, to the circus. And this mom was going to take them to snowboarding. And it just came at like the most awful time. We, we did not have the money. I did not have the money for her to rent a snowboard and buy a lift ticket and pay for lessons. And, and I mean, I felt like a failure because all her little friends are going and I'm having this conversation with her and she's crying and I'm 
I'm explaining financial situation and, you know, baby, I would love for you to go, but now's not a good time. And I started to cry. And I just, I remember that moment, Carly looked over at me and she said, mommy, don't cry. Don't cry. It's okay. I understand. And it's, it's those moments where like, you'll feel like a failure. You know, your kid goes flying down the stairs in a Rubbermaid container <laughs> or, you know, they're spouting off curse words in front of the wrong people, whatever saying it is. The F word with an S on the end of it, <laughs> F word plural. But think big picture. Think how is this going to build them up to not be a-holes, jerks, whatever, to, to be contributing members of society, to be yeah. good people. Um, all those little fail moments are going to, are, are a part of the big picture that's going to help them grow and help them understand real life. That's a great tip to end on because I don't think I have anything better. Me neither. Teach them to fail. That's true. Make sure that they know that while you're failing all the time, you don't want them to know that. You don't want them to know that you know that oh, you're Oh, yeah. Failing. Don't show your cards. Don't show <laughs> your weaknesses. But definitely that's one thing we struggle with in my household because everything just goes so perfectly for everybody all the time is they haven't failed nearly enough. And uh, that's one thing that we struggle with because, like, for the most part, I know that we're nailing it. We're doing a good job because we're trying our butts off. We're tired. We barely sleep, you know, and that when you, when you feel miserable as a parent, especially if you're tired, exhausted, and you feel like you're doing everything wrong when you have a young kid, like you said, that means you're doing it right. It's right. the people who say how easy it is to have kids and how oh, it's not that bad. Those are the people that are not doing it right. If you feel like you're doing things wrong, that means you're considering your actions and what, how, how they're going to play with your kid. If you feel exhausted and tired all the time, Either you have maybe a thyroid issue or something like that, or <laughs> you're doing it right. You know, so if you're failing, it means you're trying and uh, just love your kids. Yeah. Just yeah. love your kids and they'll, they'll know, and they will appreciate that more than anything. All of your failures, if your kids knew or know that you love them, they will be willing to forgive you for all of the heinous things that you said in front of them and caused them to get in trouble. Well, uh, it was like, I'll say this today. Um, I had a conversation with Tenny she started screaming like at the top of her line, like blood curdling screaming all of a sudden. Were you here when she did it yesterday? No. <clears throat> and like, she went outside and was screaming like somebody was trying to kidnap her. And so today I sat her down and was like, Hey, you know, Tenny, she knew, she thought she was getting in trouble and she was, <laughs> but you know, I looked at her and she was about to cry. And I said, Hey, I love you. I'm just trying to tell you that you can't do that. And she's like, I love you too, daddy. And okay. Yeah. You know, and there's this thing where they, when they know they're getting, when you can, when you could, and this is like one of the first times I've been able to do it as a parent, but when you can discipline your children in love and actually have them know that you love them, then, you know, it, it ends up working out and you feel like, you won in that moment. And, and hang on to those moments because when they turn 10 <laughs> and they hate you. No, or, your, your 10 year old is 10 going on 30. She is. But in those moments where, you know, they're screaming, I hate you, or why are you doing this to me? Or how could you? Um, those are the moments when you're doing it right because you're holding them to task. And you just have to remember they don't actually hate you. They don't and, actually. And if they have never told you that they hate you, you're doing it wrong. Like right, if, you, if your right. kid has never gotten so angry at you that they're, they're yelling at you and telling you they hate you, you you're not doing something right. That's right. That's true. I, I, have the, I have the perfect way to end this and it's tying into your sex story. And my daughter's eight now and she has had the sex talk. One of the reasons we had to have the sex talk with her was because we overheard her telling her brother that the man puts his man lotion <laughs> on the woman's belly and rubs it in, and then that's how babies are made. Oh my gosh. So like, listen, I listened to the Wu-Tang Clan. I'm, I'm of the generation where the Wu-Tang Clan was everything to me when I was a kid for a while. And I think of the Method Man song where he's talked, you know, I'm not even gonna say what he said, but it has to do with man things and rubbing it in and all this. So anyway, that's what she, the way, why she thought that was because she saw her mother putting like, lotion on her belly to like try to stave off stretch marks while yes. she was pregnant with Eli so she's saying like she's hearing her mom say hey Ted pass me the lotion so I'm <laughs> handing her the lotion and she's putting the lotion all over her belly and Olive's watching this and thinking this is how it happens oh and my. then another sex thing she's going through Target and uh 
Olive, Olive's starting to read and she's starting to figure out letters and spotting things like that. And Olive yells in front of an aisle full of people, hey mom, you need any KY jelly? <laughs> <laughs> because she knew the word jelly and she could read the letters K, K and the letters and y. y. And Bonnie's just like, oh gosh. And Olive. if you've never been mortified in public because of your children, you're, You're not, not doing, doing it right. right. <laughs> That's a parenting win and a fail. It's a fail in public <laughs> to be embarrassed by having to hear your kids say that out loud, but that's a win because they're homeschooled and she could read. Yes. <laughs> you know, if you like Bare Naked Christianity, subscribe to the podcast, rate us on your favorite listening app. We're on Apple Music, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher and Anchor. So check us out, listen more, subscribe and rate it. And also check out the blog, barenakedchristianity.com. See ya. See ya.